Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're taking a look at a new YA novel series. I feel like it's a series of two books. So again, I'm not really sure what to call that. Is that a series or is it just a duo? A couplet? I don't know. But the book is called Burnmark by Laura Powell, published by Bloomsbury. And the blurb is this. Glory is destined to become a witch. When she does, she's going to make sure her East End coven is one to respect and fear again. But a dangerous mix of conspiracy and betrayal raises the stakes. And then Lucas Stern, rich, privileged, and a potential witchfinder, enters her life. Now Glory and Lucas must put aside their differences to form an uneasy alliance and fight for their lives. Now I understand why this blurb is the way it is because it doesn't want to give things away in the story. Um, this is as usually going to be quite a spoiler heavy review. But to be honest, I feel like it keeps something from you that it doesn't really need to. I'll get on to that in a moment. So to introduce the other main character, Glory is uh, the witch of the story, according to the blurb. Basically, she lives on an estate in a poor part of London. She lives in a kind of communal house with a bunch of people who make up the Cooper Street Coven. Covens in this reality function as a kind of street gang and they usually comprise one or more unregistered witches but mostly just your normal gangster types. And I say unregistered witches because this is a world in which the witch hunts never really went away. We have witches who work a kind of magic called fae as in like fairy um, and they come into this at a certain age in their lives it's slightly genetic, but also slightly random who will get it. And since the witch hunts of history and antiquity, the Inquisition has become part of the government. It's its own special force. And anyone who gets these fae powers has to be registered. And they can either work in like the NHS as a healer or for the government uh, as like a spy or law enforcement. Or they can go about their lives as a normal person, but they have to wear iron cuffs to quell their magical powers. And there's this huge uh, deal being made at the moment about there being a new witch branch of the Inquisition, which is like using witches to stop witch crime. So obviously Glory's pretty much embedded in witch crime up to her eyeballs. Her family was once this great... Um, organized crime family featuring like I think her grandmother and her sister the Starling twins who were kind of like the Cray sisters of London uh, but not as violent and evil um, but now their coven has sort of fallen on hard times and it is connected to a separate coven which is more up and coming and is more controlling of them which is another offshoot of their family and Glory is getting restless. She doesn't want to be under their thumb. She wants to come into her magic powers and, you know, claim her destiny as this famous witch. Uh, but she's also scared of what will happen when she does. On the other side of things, we have Lucas Stern, who is related to an actual witch finder uh, in history uh, with the last name Stern. Like he, he is a, a, a very old witch hunting family. And he's expected to go into witch hunting just like his father did his father is like the grand inquisitor and he's actually kind of a level-headed dude he doesn't want to burn witches anymore which they do in a, a civilized way because they're civilized but he doesn't want to do that he wants to like rehabilitate he wants to use witches 
to fight witch crime and not view them entirely as the enemy. So he's actually quite progressive as far as, you know, inquisitors go. So the novel sounds like it's going to be like Serpent and Dove. You're going to have a witch hunter on one side, a witch on the other. Forbidden love galore. But on page 60, massive spoiler incoming, Lucas gets the fae. He becomes a witch. He wasn't expecting it. It's not apparently in his family, in his, you know, genetic makeup. But it can get you anyway. There's just like less of a risk if you're not related to someone. And he just randomly gets the fae. And his is quite strong. So he's, he's quite powerful right off the bat. And he tells his dad. His dad's like, fuck. This is going to like ruin my career. The family. This is awful. Your future is essentially over. And Lucas kind of goes through this journey of being uh, disgusted and unhappy to being kind of angry at the system, which to his credit, he already is before he even finds out that he's a witch. He's not very comfortable being around people who are very zealous about hunting witches. Now, he gets thrown together with Glory because she turns kind of state informant uh, on the coven that she's in and the coven it's connected to and Lucas comes in undercover to do an investigation and that's how they meet but they soon stumble upon a, a more sinister plot and they kind of end up trusting each other and trying to solve it so it's quite interesting I really liked that it was based in England I love when I find something that's like set in England because it just it just feels like more relevant to me than so many other YA books that are set in different parts of America. Uh, I really liked the the description of like Glory's world and how it works, all of the different factions and the way they function, like the position that the Coven Witch has. The way in which they do witch work is very interesting and they refer to it as witch work. Uh, so to read from page 64 this is glory uh, her first attempt at witch work really light-headed she went to find the jumper she'd been wearing yesterday when she had stroked the cat sure enough the front was covered in cat hair her trembling fingers raked over the wool until she had gathered a small grayish brown clump the activity calmed her giving her a focus for the gathering pressure in her head thank hecate the animal was still there when she got back to the window it was stiff and watchful listening as if it had been called Glory pulled out a couple of hairs of her own and entwined them with the cat there. Then she spat on it. Like everything else, this was pure instinct. But although she hadn't seen anyone else do what she was attempting, her trembles had gone and she felt strong and sure. And from page 154, from the perspective of one of the Inquisitors. Even so, Jonah sensed a suppressed excitement behind his restraint. It was almost as if Lucas wasn't learning something new, but drawing on a primal foreknowledge. Perhaps this knowledge was within all of them, thought Jonah, and most people had simply lost the means of finding it. This was heretical thinking, though, and he pushed the idea away. So the witch work in this is very much related to sympathetic magic. We see it demonstrated regularly throughout the novel, how it works. Uh, for example, Lucas does a spell to stop a guard dog from detecting them. And he takes some sand that the dog has peed on and mixes it into some clay with, um, I think, some of his hair as well. And makes it in, into a little model dog, which he uses then to control the guard dog. And when he pinches its nose and smudges away its eyes and twists off its ears, it stops being able to smell, see and hear them. So it's very 
you know, closely collected um, sympathetic magic. You're basically taking a bit of whatever it is or something that represents what you want to affect, a bit of something real, uh, something to do with that thing, and then mushing it together with something from yourself, whether that be blood, sweat or tears, anything really, to exert your control over it. And I really liked this style of magic. I really liked the fact that even though neither Lucas, because obviously why would he have been taught this, or Glory had been really taught anything about magic, and yet they felt it blooming inside them, this magic rising to the surface, and kind of instinctively began to work with it. Um, and I really liked that, that there was no school sitting them down and telling them, you know, this is the spell for this, this is the spell for that. But they just look at a problem and use their brains and their abilities to work out a way around it. So it's a really interesting way of, of building that magical law when it, you just kind of have a few basic rules, a few things that you just sort of need to know. And from there, you can just invent whatever you want. And that is pretty similar to like the way I practice actual witchcraft. Everything that happens in the novel is kind of, you can say, analogous to the way like a lot of other sort of minorities are treated uh, in England, in America as well. Uh, I think it most closely resembles maybe Islamophobia because you have this like witch terrorist group that people are afraid of. But that leads to the punishment of anyone who is a witch, even though they might be just, you know, your friend yesterday. As soon as you find out oh, actually, they're a witch, they become in your mind this, like, dangerous, evil thing. And they are persecuted and have their freedoms restricted just because of the actions of a few. And the way that this is justified, like, these new terror attacks happening throughout the novel, the way that the government give out extra powers to the Inquisitors, it feels very reminiscent of, you know, actual things that the government have done. Uh, so that's quite handled quite well and has you looking at both sides of the argument like actually neither of these are 100% right but as Lucas and Glory kind of explore and get to know each other's worlds a bit better they do suss a few things out and get to this middle ground where they identify you know who their real enemies are in this situation. I was quite relieved like by the time we got to the end of the novel although they had become friendly and I, I would maybe call them friends there wasn't really a love story between lucas and glory the way they get to know each other is very believable they're both withholding different information that comes out at different times they have to learn to trust each other find out things about each other and then learn to trust each other again but there isn't a huge amount of like that romantic tension there's a, a little bit of like tension here and there but it's not a melodramatic ya love story uh, there isn't too much time given to that. We also get to interact with a lot of other characters, not just in the coven itself, but sort of coven-adjacent characters that move between different worlds, the different organisations within the Inquisition. So we get to meet like Lucas's handler, who's a lot more sympathetic towards witches than many other Inquisitors. We meet Lucas's father, who is, again, quite liberal in his witch thinking. And we meet new recruits like Gideon, who just wants to torture people and hates witches with a burning passion and calls them all sorts of filthy, horrible names. We also get introduced to Wicca, which has one C, but this is like the witch arm of the Inquisition. I forget what it stands for. Probably the W stands for witch, like the witch kind intelligence something agency can't remember but 
I think this is where uh, Glory and Lucas are going to end up for book two, um, because Lucas is kind of working for them for most of this novel, and it seems like Glory is going to join them because various family secrets come out and she finds out that her upbringing is not all that she thought it was. So it seems like they're both going to end up at Wicca and they're going to work together again. Maybe we'll see more development of their friendship or romance. Um, but I don't know. I'm excited for the next one. I think the next one's called like Witchfire or something. So I've already ordered it. I ordered it when I was only about like 60 pages into this one because I was having such a good time. So it's definitely cool. There's a lot of stuff in here which is a little bit grim and a little bit grisly. Like there's people setting themselves on fire. There's obviously terror attacks and various horrible magic things that have been done to people and obviously the like inquisitorial torture as well um so no one really gets off scot-free like we see the bad side of all sides of the argument and that's kind of what i liked about it it didn't take this kind of partisan approach where it's like oh the inquisitors are all evil murderers and the witches are all lovely people who obviously deserve full rights because obviously they have some pretty terrifying powers and not all of them are using them correctly as in the organized crime side of things um so it has a sense of nuance which i liked uh, and thought was quite good especially in like a ya book which tend to be a little bit black and white in their thinking there's a couple of tantalising mysteries left dangling. Uh, chiefly among these is what happened to Glory's mum? Because for most of the book we're told that she's dead and then we find out that she's actually not dead. She has been alive for much longer than Glory thought she was and was last seen five years ago working for the Inquisition, which is pretty incredible seeing as her mother is a witch. Uh, so she went missing on this like secret operation which we don't find out like what that was for or where she might be by the end of the book, but Glory finds out that she still might be out there somewhere, missing in action. So I hope in the next book we do get to find out, you know, what happened to her. It reminded me a lot of the Witch in Love, Witch Alone, Witch in Winter series, because it's a sort of similar mystery, like, where is my mum? It's a popular mystery. Uh, but I, I'm slightly more interested in... in this one and I hope it has a slightly better ending than in which alone where we find out that her mother had actually been dead for a really long time. Spoilers! So I definitely recommend this. It sort of has this, because obviously it's set in London, it kind of reminded me a little bit of some of the bits of Harry Potter, but it's sort of like Harry Potter without the private school by way of Waterloo Road, which I really liked and enjoyed and I enjoyed the sort of more freeform approach as opposed to having everyone like shut up in a special magic school. You know, they were out in the world with people and humanity as a whole were aware of witchcraft already. So, although it was kind of similar to a lot of things, like it mostly reminded me of V for Vendetta, actually. Um, it, it did enough new and original that I remained entertained for the whole thing and was eager to unravel the mystery. So I definitely recommend it if you're looking for like YA that doesn't have a huge romance storyline. If you like kind of blend of, of witchcraft and modern technology if you like books that are set in the uk if you're a little bit of an anglophile or you know if you live here um it's it's good for all of those if you like a strong female protagonist who isn't a strong female protagonist tm then you'll probably also enjoy this book uh and yeah i wouldn't let the blurb put you off because the i think the blurb is just trying to hide the fact that lucas is actually a witch but like I said, 60 pages in, we, we know that, and we 
you can figure it out way before then so it, it's it's not such a huge secret that I feel like the blurb does it a little bit of a disservice by making it seem like this is just going to be another witch and witch hunter team up buddy cop style book. Let me know if you've read Burnmark by Laura Powell, if you enjoyed it, if you've read the second one and want to forewarn me about anything, uh, drop that in the comments and in the meantime I'll see you in the next one.